Welcome to the Haunted Hacker podcast version February B 3.2. Um, I've done a ton of podcasts this month. And uh, so a little bit of news before we get started. Um, I'll be speaking in Atlanta on March 30th for the TechStrong event and also um, doing a workshop on how to hack mobile phones and uh, showing you how to track people real time on mobile phones. Um, other than that, not a whole lot of news. Still waiting for Putin to make his uh, invasion into Ukraine as U.S. jumps in the middle of trying to get a, a grab of the uh, natural gas pipeline over there. Uh, once again, we're getting involved in a theater we probably don't belong in. Um, with that being said, we have uh, Zach on today, and his background is really, really interesting. And uh, just his whole personality is, is really interesting to me and the way he approaches uh, cybersecurity and, and the industry as a whole. So without further ado, Zach, it's cl I'm glad to have you on. So it's a pleasure to have you. Hell yeah. And uh, All right. launch right into it, man. T tell us how you, how you got into cyber and, and kind of what you're doing now and, and your vision for the future. Well, uh like all people, I started tinkering with computers when I was a kid, right? Just, you know, building Yahoo, GeoCities websites and, and launching exploits to kick people off of AOL Instant Messenger and all kinds of stupid shit. Mm -hmm. um, just everything that people were involved in, right? Uh, normal stuff. You, you could, you know, think back then of, of the kind of shit that we used to do in a computer. Mm. And uh, I really didn't have the mindset of, of the possibility that this could possibly be a career for me in the future. I was just tinkering with shit. And um, I just got really good with using computers over time because I was interested in it as a kid. And I also, you know, had the kind of personality and intellectual mindset of taking everything apart and building everything anyway, like the, and the mindset of an engineer, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that that was my natural talent, but also people who are talented in that area are also very talented logically. So I fell into the, the field of philosophy, falling in love with philosophy uh, while getting my general education in college. And I pursued the career path of a philosopher, uh, which essentially got me involved in a lot of political activism, a lot of street activism, a lot of organizing and uh, when you go on that path, you become hyper aware of everything around you. When you study sociology and philosophy, you start to look at problems in a way that other people don't look at them. And you look for solutions and you start to realize that you are trapped in a system of power structures that are battling to rob you of your autonomy. Right. And. I realized that's the world that I live in. And it led me down the path of philosophy, which eventually led me into cybersecurity. Because of course, you know, you had that whole anonymous thing at the time, being involved in all these protests and stuff like that. And me already being talented in, in the field of technology and knowing how to basically uh, obfuscate my information and, and hide it. I was already helping activists encrypt their communications and journalists and all kinds of people essentially like evade authorities from harassing them, etc. Things that an activist would do within their groups who understand uh, and know how to manipulate and protect digital information, right? So uh, eventually I realized that there is a career in that, which I had no idea, and it's called cybersecurity. And here is this mysterious career that I never heard of in my life that was possible with this stuff that I'm, I'm doing. And I decided to pursue that because I started to get in a lot of trouble in college. I actually got kicked out of, of, of uh, one college um, because I, I just rose hell in ethics class and all these classes in, in psychology in a way that people really, they couldn't handle my debates and, and my arguments. I upset a lot of people. And I started to realize that the college wasn't an academic institution. It was more of like Programming. we are an academic institution for mm -hmm. people to freely express themselves and 
elaborate on their ideas until it causes problems, right? Mm -hmm. Or until you start to question the legitimacy of the institution itself that you're in, mm -hmm. philosophically, economically, sociologically, then you're in trouble, right? So I realized, I said, ah, the hell with uh, pursuing a, you know, a career path as a philosopher. I'm just going to wind up getting kicked out of a college somewhere along the lines because uh, the philosophies I, I wound up falling into were extremely uh, anti-institutional, mm -hmm. right? Um, I really fell into uh, a lot of anarchist philosophy and nihilist philosophy and egoist philosophy, which seems to ring the bell with me in the way I view the world and, and see things. When I teach classes in cybersecurity, I often tell people, I said, to better realize your job and your standing in all of this, you're just a player in a game of social constructs where a variety of entities are battling for self-interest, money, and power, and your job is to protect their interests. What side you're on really doesn't matter. It's all the same shit, uh, essentially, uh, which is why I also tell people that there's really no such thing as hats. They're all a social construct, right? And I really hate the word ethical hacker. It's like ethical hacker. Okay. Well, if ethics are a social construct, then I guess a black hat person or so you label them could also call themselves ethical by their own ethical standards, right? So they're yeah. ethical to hackers too. It's stupid, stupid shit. And people, uh, I don't think they have really dove into things in the meticulous analytic way that I have in a variety of aspects of life and academic areas that give me the hindsight that I have. I've, I've deconstructed everything to a level to where it's just completely destroyed and there's nothing left but the little bitty logistics of it. And that's how I approach everything in life. I believe that in order to fully understand anything, you have to destroy it first. You have to destroy it logically quite literally, in order to understand it, you have to pick it apart, right? And this allows me to navigate the landscape of society and humanity and the economy and everything else and award myself a degree of success that other people can't quite enjoy because they don't really get it. Their mind is kind of trapped in this matrix where they have these delusional, grandiose ideas of some kind of land of lollipop and rainbows. When I see the world for what it really is, it's a fucking battlefield uh, where nothing is fair and I operate within material reality as it is, mm -hmm. not in some delusional world of ethics and constructs. And, uh, you know, we could go on and on. Everything is a, is a fucking construct. I operate in reality mm -hmm. and face what I'm looking at with an attitude as it is what it is. You know, like there was somebody bitching about corporations the other day on LinkedIn about how they don't pay them enough. And I'm like, of course, they're not going to pay you enough. They have a for-profit shareholder model where they have to appease their shareholders. Mm -hmm. You live in a capitalist society. And this is how they do business. They don't have any interest in paying you fairly because they have to profit off your labor, which is why they take more than what you're worth. If you're putting in $200,000 a year of effort into a company, uh, they're going to take most of that and maybe give you like 40K a year for your little security analyst gig or whatever it is. And that's mm -hmm. how it works. They don't have any self-interest in, in giving you uh, what you demand. Um, and instead of bitching about, you know, corporations give me a living wage or the government give me this or society give me this, I decided to take matters into my own hand. And I said, you know what? Fuck all this. The only way that I'm going to survive and I'm going to flourish in this society is if I become as self-sufficient as fucking possible. Yep. Because nobody's going to help me. Nobody's going to save me. The government isn't going to save me. The economy isn't going to save me. Other people aren't going to save me. I'm on my own, right? So I decided from a very young age to essentially isolate myself from anybody and anyone who was a threat to uh, my self-interest to preserve myself and to grow as an individual. Uh, and that started very early on uh, with me essentially uh, leaving both sides of my family, 
uh, later on, leaving tons of friends, mm -hmm. leading to the moment that we are here where I built the van, left everything I, I, I know uh, to pursue my dream. And my current goal is to achieve uh, a state of being where I am at or near my maximum potential. And for people who are very talented, like us, people like me and you, the, the biggest crime of all would be for you to die without achieving your maximum potential. And this society of constructs that we live in, all of them act as a way to enslave the individual for realizing their full potential. Like you're told that you owe something to humanity. You owe something to society. You owe something to your parents, even though you didn't choose to be born, they, they decided to have you themselves, right? I, I've broken down all these things into complete nonsense. Uh, the only thing that's real is, is me, the individual, trying to free myself in the absolute most best efficient way possible that would allow me to escape the negative side effects that this society and this world and this structure of power entities playing their games mm. I, I want to escape that yeah and, I, I, and that's the that's the that's the problem is that yeah. people don't they, they don't see that and and also a lot of people will ask me how do you do this act hey well you can't be lazy mm. like you have to be willing to put in the work there's all day, I've been wiring new cloud devices inside. Uh, you know, I'm inside my van right now. I'm wiring lighting. I'm expanding my solar system. I'm soldering. There's a lot of things that I've learned as an individual, tons and tons of skills I've, I've picked up. Like I said in previous podcasts, welding, carpentry, um, <laughs> sociology, philosophy, uh, academic fields, psychology, everything. It's massive. The more knowledge you have, the more confidence you have. The more confidence you have, the more skills you obtain. The more skills you obtain, the more you can do shit yourself. And if I continue to do shit myself, then I no longer need the system for whatever the hell it's trying to sell me. And that's my goal. And the goal of my company is to help people become as self-sufficient as possible, which is why, like, if we do things, we equally split, you know, the winnings and, and whatnot. I don't need to uh, worry about profit margins or anything else. It's just a self-sustaining organization that is built upon a decentralized network of talented individuals that is growing rapidly. I mean, my server has over, over 300 people in it. I don't give a yeah. shit what anyone says. I know what I'm doing is right, and I know people are loving it, right? And that's it. Get, you know, go ahead. Let me get you in a, let me uh, let you get in a few words there. Because no, I'll, no, no. I'll talk your ass off forever, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fascinated. And the reason why I am is because our backgrounds are very similar. So I've gone to, I've, I tried to buy into the whole institution idea when I was younger. I went into the military. I went to college. I, I did the things I thought I was supposed to do until I figured out that it was all bullshit. And when I started breaking down what was going on, it's like people are just blindly going through life and they just accept what's going on around them. They don't question it. They don't try to understand it. And it drove me nuts. Um, I ended up leaving the military and during my whole life, like I've been a big reader and I've always studied really hard on my own just for, for independent purposes. And I got into psychology because I wanted to know why I thought the way that I did, because I felt like I thought different from everybody else. And I came to a lot of realizations. And part of that was understanding, you know, the fundamental psychology behind a human being and what drives and what motivates us. And when I extracted myself out of the situation and started looking at government, started looking at powerful people and looking at their psychology, their, the way they thought and the way they thought of themselves or own inner, I guess, ID, um, it was fucking scary. And the more that went on and I started seeing things from a different view and I realized that that 1% who governs, you know, most of the world doesn't give a shit about us at all. You know, they want us to continue moving along the way that we do so that they can continue reaping the benefits and, and, 
holding some sort of, I guess, pseudo uh, obedience, I guess. Um, but that really like triggered a lot of things. Uh, you know, you talked about an anarchy and, and hacktivism and activism. And, and those all ring really true. And even in like the current situation, you know, looking at geopolitics, I'm a big fan of, of geopolitics and, and I like to, to dive right into it and find the basis of why people do the things they do. And, you know, take for take Russia, for instance, right now and Ukraine and the U.S. getting involved. They're not getting involved because it's a humanitarian effort. There's things to be had. It's a capitalist society. There's some sort of resource they're after. You know, in Iraq and Afghanistan, there were natural resources there that they wanted, plus uh, strategic access. In the Ukraine, there's a major natural gas pipeline. They want a percentage of that. And people, when I, when I explain to them that war reparations is a legitimate thing, like when the U.S. gets done with the war, there's war reparations to be paid. And part of that for Iraq was a percentage of that pipeline. And so I really studied like geopolitics. I try to study like all the major dictators in history, you know, talking about Stalin, uh, some of those guys. Um, there's lessons to be learned. And, and looking at the way that they view the world and the way that they view power and how to gain power, uh, you can kind of pick up on those things. And we deal with it in our own industry as well. You know, the, the same psychology doesn't escape, you know, out of politics or out of, you know, institutions like academia, but it's, it's everywhere. Um, that same type of construct that you're talking about actually rules and maintains the cybersecurity industry as well. You know, you look at the, the major players and the money they make and, you know, the, the way that they treat people. And that's kind of been my, my platform for the past year was, you know, we need to get away from looking at people as numbers or looking at people as a role or a job wreck. I mean, people have lives, you know, and, and until we can treat people like humans and have relationships, meaningful relationships between coworkers and bosses and executives, we're not going to get anywhere. We're still going to be running after the dollar and nothing's going to be cohesive. And they're constantly going to be battling the rotational door of employees because nobody wants to be treated like a number or a wreck. Um, but I totally get what you're saying. And it, what's really cool is the fact that for the past year, um, I came back to the U.S. last year and was literally homeless and lost everything. I, I had no job. I had no money. I had no place to go. Um, right in the middle of the pandemic, uh, I ended up catching COVID, being put in the hospital as someone who's homeless and ended up going to a friend of mine's house to recover in Alabama. And the time I was there, I minimized my life down to things I didn't need. Um, got rid of all of the, the stuff that was that I considered baggage. And really focused on learning and getting my voice out there and helping people get their voice out there. And to me, that that paid me more dividends than, you know, going to work for a big corporation. And we, we would sit around the bar in Alabama and talk about getting off the grid. We started setting up, you know, ham radio uh, relays and stuff like that. And my buddy was looking at modding out his truck and, and just finding ways to to abstract ourselves from what was going on, because in my view, when you look at empires throughout history, and I, I talk about this a lot, there's, there's a cyclic uh, event cycle for empires, and it's usually about 254 years, and they start collapsing on themselves. And we're about at that 254 mark. I mean, 2030 will be that 254. Um, and when you look at, at the degradation of society in the U.S. and you know everything with this, this mask mandate and the shots and, and all this stuff, we're starting to, like, I guess, corrode at the center, at the core. And you look at the corruption um, on every level and not only just government, but companies and entities and, and people who, who manage conferences and stuff like that. You look at the corruption on that level and it's everywhere. Like, I don't know what's wrong with society in general, but it seems like the world in general is just starting to decay from the inside. Um, and I'd like to get, people who are passionate about that to get their voices out and to be heard. So I think it's really important. You know, most people walk around blinders on and as long as they can get, you know, their Starbucks in the morning and they can go shop at Target after work, they don't give a shit what goes on outside that little microcosm. And that disturbs me because as they're walking around blindly, I mean, there's people abusing, you know, their rights, their freedoms, 
Um, you look at government uh, operations and, and, and uh, stuff like, you know, the Havana syndrome coming from Cuba and, and, you know, those types of weapons are being developed. And there's, there's a war that goes on outside the view of mainstream. And people don't take a, take, a, take a chance and a shot to look into that and try to understand it. But I think if we get enough word out to people who really care and they start waking up, I think that things in our world will be a lot different. And I really like what you said about hats, right? And the whole ethical hacker term. Um, you know, I, I think we were both around way before the certification ethical hacker came out uh, from EC Council. And I blame that on them. Um, you know, they termed that certification ethical hacker. It really confused me. I was like, you know, first of all, they're taking something that the media makes, you know, demonizes people for. And well, it, it's, um, they have to do, they have to do that because it, corporations, they create these zing words because mm -hmm. there ha there has to be this good guy, bad guy dichotomy mm -hmm. in order to keep this, this thing running. And, um, what I tell people is I say, first of all, morality is a construct, right? It doesn't exist in physical reality or manifest itself in, in our it's physical good. reality anyway. If you were to point to me where morality is, you, you can't find it. It's a byproduct of your emotions and your brain and you signaling off of other people. Uh, and it gives us a sense of human behavior that's congruent to our survival, right? That's what morality is. Uh, but it's not mandatory. Um, and it's like I said, it's it's a construct. It's it's not a concrete object, right? So uh, when you are looking at this good guy, bad guy dichotomy of the bad hacker and the good hacker, I would challenge someone to remove morality from the equation to better understand what's going on because it's a construct. Just remove good or bad from the equation, and just see that there are two people engaging in in a, a power play to basically try to obtain what is their self-interest and that's it and that's how you really understand attackers and people and what's going on is you have to remove all these constructs another thing that i realize about you is that's very vastly different from me is that i think a lot of people get wrong is i think that you're more of an idealist than i am uh, i don't worry myself about politics i don't give a shit about them um, I don't worry about the well-being or welfare of humanity. Um, I don't think that there's going to be some kind of revolutionary ideal where everybody's uniting under under one banner. It's uh, it's 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 not possible. It's not real. Uh, if there's a revolution, my revolution for myself began a long time ago, and I would challenge people to uh, liberate themselves as far as they can and understand that it's not your job to liberate other people uh, because uh, their limits are not necessarily yours. So I've given up on uh, this, this idealism of uh, humanity and world peace and all these delusions that are not realistic a very long time ago. Uh, the only possibility that does exist is creating groups of individuals that have your similar self-interest in mind and creating the best world possible for you and that group. Uh, that's it. And when it comes to power, uh, the only thing that really matters in this life, if you think about it, is power. You as an individual should try to obtain as much power as possible because the more you have, the more you can free yourself from anything that seeks to stop you from attaining your self-interest. For example, uh, we could look at another thing like uh, like human rights or whatever you claim your rights are. Mm -hmm. uh, rights are a construct. They don't exist. They exist on paper, but you could say that you have the right to speak or you have the right to live or whatever you claim you have the right to do. You could claim that all day. But at the end of the day, if an entity comes along that decides that you're dead or that you don't want to speak no more and they have more power than you, there goes your rights. Right. So what you really should be concerned in society, if you want to get your all out of this world, is getting yourself as much power as you possibly fucking can. And that's what I'm absolutely obsessed over. Uh, now, there's two different types of people that seek power. There's uh, and this is the example I, I like I like to give. 
Uh, there's people that seek power to liberate themselves from the outside world around them that seeks to force their power upon them and rob them of autonomy. And there's individuals that seek power because they want to ex abuse and exploit others, right? Mm -hmm. So the type of person that I am is I seek power to liberate myself and liberate others around me. And I use my power to pick up stones and move them in a way that is congruent towards making myself further autonomous. And as a side effect, it ripples to the people around me or participate in my undertakings. That's the way I look, I look at things. I don't have a hunky-dory idealistic vision in the world um, of some kind of feel good, let's hold hands, energies, kumbaya, whatever bullshit that a lot of people have. Uh, I don't know what to tell people when it comes, comes to that. There's a lot of people that approach me that think that I'm like that, uh, but I'm not. I'm very, very realistic to a point where if I have a philosophical conversation with somebody, I I'll slowly start to see their hope and their dreams and their aspirations just like sink out of their eyes as I throw them into this abyss. Uh, it it's like I'm sucking their soul out yeah. and revealing them, revealing them to them the ugly, harsh truth to the world that they didn't want to see that getting ahead requires hard work, that everything is against them, that nothing is fair. And the only way they're going to get at this is by doing it themselves. And they can beg and cry and scream and where the fuck it is that they want to do. But at the end of the day, you're one person in a world of geopolitics, like you said, that you have no control over. So I don't give a shit about things that I don't have control over. I don't worry about them. I don't give a fuck what Joe Schmo is doing down the block. I don't give a shit what Putin is doing. I don't care what the government is doing. Um, if, it, if it's not affecting me, I'm not really concerned with it. I just always did my own thing. Yeah. That's what yeah. I did. Whatever other people are doing, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't care. I just do my own thing. And if you stick to your own guns and do your own thing and focus on yourself 100%, uh, then you will find yourself eventually in a place where uh, – the negative aspects of society are not affecting you anymore, right? Yeah. I spend a lot of my time studying uh, capitalism, how it works, uh, economics. Um, I don't care if you support capitalism or not. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, cap you know, I don't give a fuck if you support it or not. You're in it. You need to learn how it works. If you're going to get yourself fucking money, hello. Yeah. It, it's that's, that's just, it is, it is what it is. And I deal with things as it is what it is. And that's it. I'm not trying to change. Uh, I mean, it, even, even when, even when I say things like I want to change the world, I think to myself, change the world or change my world. Yeah, exactly. The world of the people who are, have the same self-interest as me. Right. I don't think that people really think about shit like this. No. Um, or, or that things like I said, like humanity and society is a construct that you own absolutely nothing to. You don't owe anybody shit except who you have it in your self-interest to owe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just like when I talked about the, uh, the taboo of, of you not owing your parents something. That's actually really big right now. Um, if you bring a dog into your house, uh, do you yell at it when it barks at you because it's hungry? No. Because you brought it there and it's relying on you. So why would you essentially like owe your parents for birthing you when you didn't choose? Like they have the they have the obligation to take care of you now. Like you're helpless, little child baby thing, right? It, it's the same thing. Um, and it's the same thing with society and humanity. Uh, you didn't choose to be here. Uh, you don't owe anything to it. And essentially, it may not be in your interest to owe a society or, or contribute to, to a humanity that you yourself would find toxic to the individual. Right. Uh, maybe you should build something that has the end goal of contributing to a new society, a new alternate society where people do things differently, right? And this is where we get into things uh, uh, that I would like to call like dual power structures mm -hmm. that compete for legitimacy. And that's what I've built. My organization is a dual power structure. It's competing for legitimacy against other classical corporations that revolve around the hierarchical uh, for-profit shareholder model. Mm -hmm. I have more of like a decentralized horizontal 
organization that is more realistic in, in terms of uh, serving human interests and, and is human centered. Now, did I make the organization human centered and serving human interests because that was my goal from the forefront? No, um, it's just that I think it's more efficient, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not the kind of person that does things because it's like, I want people to feel good, give them a warm hug. Anything I do, it's because I think it's more efficient. I wasn't even thinking about whether the, whether the organization is, is human centered or not, uh, or, 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 or serves humans better or treats them better than corporations does. It's just that me being obsessed with efficiency just so happens to be that a human centered organization that cares more about people is more efficient. Right. And that's the path I took, right? That's what I'm really concerned about is efficiency. Is, is this going to give me what I want? And every decision I, I make, I think to myself, is this going to give me what I want? And that's another problem that people do is they don't put themselves first. They're full of excuses. Oh, I can't do this because I got to take care of my sick grandma or whatever. That's great. Um, well, then, you know, stay where you are for the rest of your life. Like, what can I tell you? You either leave your sick grandma and have her take care of herself or you, you go and accomplish your dreams. People don't want to deal with, with this, this shit, right? Oh, yeah. um, or, or it's just so many excuses. It's, it just makes me angry and frustrated. And then there'll be people that, that they message me and they say, uh, I'm not all about the money. Like you are, like you are, Zach. And I said, I said, okay, then what are you about? And they go, well, I like to help people. And I go, well, can't a billionaire change the world in a heartbeat if he wants to? Like, don't you fucking get it? Right. Don't you fucking understand? Like, are you stupid or what? And a lot of people, I just think, quite frankly, they're, they're, um, a lot of people are stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people you know, get, what can I say? a lot of people get to those areas of power because they're trying to change their own personal world. Like Elon Musk, right? When you look at what he's doing, he's not trying to make the world better. He's trying to make a living for himself and increase, you know, his little world that he's in. And I totally agree with that. Like he looks at things completely different than most people. But what I find interesting is there's like a whole wave of people lately that are looking to abstract themselves from like everything um, and, and go on their own. Uh, you know, like the van living and, and the RVs and stuff like that. I see a lot of people that, that do that. And I started listening to some of those podcasts and listen to the way that they view the world and being dependent on all these constructs like you're talking about and how it was weighing them down and how they couldn't get what they wanted out of life because they were so tied to these things that, that drove them crazy. Um, and there's a whole, there's a whole culture, culture behind that. And I find it really interesting. So proficiency, let's talk about that for a second. Um, tell me about the data center that, that you're working on that, runs off of solar power and to me that's like the ultimate proficiency and efficiency when it comes to running something something like that yeah yeah well the reason behind that is because first i want to i want to be free right i want to be able to move around where where i, where I want to um the stationary off-grid data center is um under the planning and construction phases mm-hmm. uh, the mobile data center is what i'm sitting at in right now I haven't, I've revealed some of my solar systems to people, but I haven't revealed the data system itself. Mm-hmm. I've been very careful um, because the last thing I want is yeah, some yeah. company to, to, to replicate my shit and then be like, we're the first ones that, that did this when they're not, right? There's nobody in the world that has put an off-grid 5G cloud data center inside of a van. I don't, I, I don't know anybody who has a SOC center an off-grid cloud computing system running inside a van off of solar energy. I don't know anybody that did that. So I'm very careful uh, with that. But in terms of efficiency, I think the most efficient thing out of it is that I own my infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I And um, I run my company off of that and also off-grid infrastructure that's at several you know, different properties I own in smaller, medium, large sizes that I plan in centralizing into a giant off-grid data center that's stationary. 
on a vacant property uh, somewhere in the United States. But in terms of efficiency, it's efficient because you're not using Google, Amazon, Microsoft's crap, right? It's yours. Uh, another thing is that you're not paying the massive energy bill that it takes to run this stuff, uh, which, which can be pretty extreme. If anybody wants to look up Google's power bill for their data centers, it's absolutely insane, right? And also, I just so happen to be born into a time where you could have servers and data centers built out of maker boards and all kinds of things that you could get your dirty little hands on. Mm -hmm. uh, you could run Docker on an Android phone if you want to with, with how you know efficient the processors have become now. And people don't realize this. And you could tether computers together and, and increase their computing power collectively. There's all kinds of ways to do this. But people don't traditionally embark on the path I'm engaging in in accomplishing this because it's not traditional. It's not taught. They don't know it exists. They think that maybe it's not efficient. It's kind of like when Nate O'Reilly, uh, one of my one of my guys that you see me talk to all the time and hang out with on LinkedIn, he uh, he really got big into blowing up the the uh, the Raspberry Pi and, and using it. Mm -hmm. at, you know, as a hub for everything you want to and demonstrating that you don't need thousands of dollars equipment to, to build yourself a lab. Expanding upon this further are people like Todd Byers, who's mm -hmm. over in the Florida panhandle creating uh, off-grid mini data centers scattered throughout his property that run on solar energy. I'm just taking it to a whole new level, right? Uh, and it, it makes sense. If you're running your stuff off-grid, and computing devices are so small and so powerful, why wouldn't you make the extra effort to do so so that you don't have to worry about that extra expense, which is massive. And then, and then it frees me to do whatever I want. Like it's my infrastructure. You don't tell me what kind of experiments I could run or, or, or do or not do with it. You don't tell me what I can and cannot do, period. It's mine. I own it. I made it, right? So in terms of efficiency, I guess that's efficient. And I could you could literally do whatever you want with Docker and Kubernetes. Like the world is yours. If you know how to use Docker and Kubernetes, like it, there's a thousand native, the, the world of native Docker containers is insane. There's something, there's something for every application. It's, it's, it's a world of dreams for people that know how to use it. So that's why, I mean, it would go without saying that'd be the most logical move, right? right. You know? Yeah. One of the things that really got me excited is when they came out with the Raspberry Pi. And I remember the first Raspberry Pi um, kind of distributing computing model that I built and learning just, you know, how much power is that little tiny board? I actually have one running right now that, that controls my 3D printer. Um, you know, it, it does everything. I, I, I literally don't have to do anything but upload a file and it's done. Exactly. Um, so there, there's so many, so many things you can do with it as well. Like you could build your own cell phone with it. You, can build a ham radio you can yep. build an faa monitoring station uh, there's so many things and i think that whole maker culture kind of goes back to it to where we started you know when you had the usb dead drops and you had pirate box radio and, and you know nas for for pirate box uh, there, yeah. there's so there's so much i think that spun out of that but i think what happened was a lot of it got commercialized and bastardized right and it went from being like a true maker culture to let's rob that from the maker culture and throw it into an enterprise and build our product around it and charge ungodly amounts for this fucking product. Uh, but there's a lot of people like you out there. And there's a lot of makers that, that are really making innovation. Um, I just hate to see that, see it when they sell out and they end up selling everything they built over to a corporation and then the corporation just runs it in the ground. Uh, I like to see the independent culture and the maker culture and you know, the, the hack culture thrive. Uh, and I think that's, that's been a hindrance, man, because, you know, as, as a former hacker, it's like, well, as a current hacker too, the, the government likes to get involved with, with everything that you do. Right. And, and God forbid you speak out about the government. Uh, you know, I ended up on list and had money taken away and, and, you know, kept me from doing certain things in life. Uh, and that's, that's where it kind of pisses me off because all, you know, all a lot of people want to do is live their life, invent shit, learn things and, and build their empire based on their knowledge and, and their experiments. Right. But if you, if you make any headway 
it's like people start looking and people start listening and then the wolves come out. Um, and I think I've seen a lot of makers that have dealt with that. And I know that, you know, you mentioned that about the, the data center and I think that could be a, a definitely, it's definitely a, a realistic fear, I, I think. Um, but I don't, I don't have any doubt that, that you won't let that happen to, to your invention. Um, you know, I think protection of that, of that type of mind, mind spill into uh, technology, I think it's really important. Um, and I, I hate when, so when you, when you join a company and you have to sign this, this form that says anything I invent, doesn't matter if it's at work or at home, while I'm employed by you, that becomes your intellectual property. That, that always rubbed me the wrong way. Like you're going to rob my thoughts and, and my actions and my experiments on my own time to benefit your corporation. Like, I think that's, well, that, well, that's, that's, that's the exchange. That's, that's what you agree to. When you yeah. work with them, you sign a contract and you agree to those terms or you get the fuck out. And that's, that's just is what it is. I don't, you see, I don't, like I said, I don't view the world in terms of ethics. So when you, when you use the word like, and you're going to rob, I don't think of things that way. I just think, hey, you signed the fucking contract. That was the deal. That's what you agreed to. If you don't like it, then fuck off and make your own company, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether you were robbed or not, or whether it's right or wrong, I don't give a fuck. If you don't like it, then 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 get your own shit. I don't deal deal with things as uh, in that way where I, I look at stuff and go, oh, this company and they're so unethical, or this company is bad, or mm -hmm. Elon Musk is a horrible person or some stupid shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Uh, is what he's doing, is anything he's doing, will that help me? Like, can I replicate some of his strategy to bring myself up? If the, if the answer is yes, sure, I'm going to do it. And my data centers and my projects and everything, you know, I'm I'm not building them to contribute to some kind of maker community right. or some hacker community. I'm doing it for me because what right. I want to do is because what I like to do, you know, uh, I'm not part of any community except the me, myself and I community. Everything I do is for me. And I would argue that everything everybody does is for them. Everybody's guided uh, by self-interest. There's no such thing as, as altruism. You know, if, have you ever given a, a poor person a dollar, like a bum on a street? Mm. Okay, well, why did you do it? Why'd you give it to them? Mm, I don't know. I think it's for selfish reasons, more than likely. I think it was okay. because of course. if I was in that position, you know, yeah. hopefully you'd come back. You know? Yeah, well, okay. So does it, did it make you feel good when you did that? Oh, yeah. Okay, well then that's why you did it. And if it didn't make you feel good, you wouldn't do it. So you ultimately did it for yourself. And if it didn't, if it didn't, if it didn't make you feel good, then maybe you would say I did it because it's the right thing to do. Okay, now you're conforming to your self-interest of, of what it is the right thing to do, right? Everybody is guided by self-interest. You know, even if you love somebody, like you say, somebody, I love you. Do you really love them, or do you love the feeling they give you inside your head, exactly. right? Because exactly. it, it's all it's all in your head. But, People don't see things this way. Right. They don't look at the world the way I do, and it prevents them from excelling in the way I'm excelling because I operate in reality, not right. bullshit and fantasy crap. Tangible uh, shit. Where, 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 where things are magical. Mm -hmm. I just see them the way they are. Like good, bad, whether the government is good, bad, um, I don't give a shit. That's not even the argument. Uh, it's just that, hey, the government has a massive amount of power, and if I fuck with them, um, you know, they're going to smush me into the ground. So I better not fuck with them and just kind of be like, okay, you guys are have your fun. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, see ya. That solves the problem for me. You know, like it, if like, and that's how I deal with, with, uh, with power, you know, you have to be aware who has power, who doesn't, who has more power than you, who has less power than you. Mm -hmm. Um, people who have less power than me, I don't look at them and go, Oh, cool. Let's take advantage of them. I just be on my merry way. Right. Right. Um, but then people who have more power than me, I go, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's uh, avoid that shit. Let's avoid that shit um, at all costs and figure out a way to operate to where I'm not pissing them off so they don't come and fuck me. Right. Like, why would I, why would I go fuck with the government on purpose? Right. You know, when, when it's just, it's kind of like, if 10 police hovered around your ass, mm. right. And, and they were fucking with you and shit. You're not going to win that fight. No, you're known no matter what you do, because yeah. you, they will accelerate force into the point that you're dead. Right. So the way I would deal with that situation is I would, 
be like, okay, cool. What do we need to do here? Because I know that the, that the, the it is not in my favor. Right. right. And that's, that's how I operate at a very self-aware level to where um, I'm not picking battles that I can't win. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm strategically moving and navigating myself through the playing field in a way that benefits me, but also doesn't fuck myself. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And I've seen this happen a lot when I was in the world of street activism. I've seen it. I was just about to ask. I was just about to ask. How did you, how did you deal with that mindset while being involved in in street activism? Well, the mindset I have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the mindset I have now is way different from when I was younger and I was involved in street activism. When I was involved in street activism, I was a foolish idealist. I, I, you know, you're running around in the streets as, as, as a kid thinking, uh, you know, um, we can change the world by holding up a bunch of signs on a street corner. Or if we yell as, as loud as we can, the people in power, they'll listen to us. We swear it's stupid. Um, or, you know, you're involved in some kind of uh, giant march and there's riot police everywhere. And then you somehow think in your head as this idealist young man that you're going to win a battle <laughs> against them. Right. Maybe possibly um, we've seen some of that. We've seen many of those battles won during the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic and the riots that occurred. I've you know, seen, seen people battling out with the police in the street and they were winning. But you're talking about massive amount of people. But in the end, what did they win? Everything's back to normal. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is just the way I look at things. Like I said, I'm not an idealist. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an incredible, Seriously. logical person. Yeah, a very real person. And I know that I can't control the world and uh, I can't um, poke my nose in people's shit who could essentially kill me in the blink of an eye. That'd be dumb, just stupid to do. Why would I do that? And uh, I just want to kind of live my life and be free. That's pretty much my goal, to do whatever the hell hell I want. And I have an urge to build things and, and create and make things fantastic. A lot of people are going to be sad to hear that I'm 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 not uh, about this magical idealistic vision of ascending humanity and blah blah. I see that all the time. Like, let's be real. Most people say that shit because they want to uh, virtue signal or whatever the hell it is. Because they think that they think if they sit there and they look they look at somebody and go, "Hey, motherfucker, I'm doing this for me," <laughs> and it's great. I love it, right? They think that if they say that, people are gonna people are gonna hate them. But why wouldn't you? Why would you do it if it wasn't for you? Why would you get up in the morning if it wasn't for yourself? Why would you try to excel at anything if it wasn't for you? Right. Exactly. Everything I do is for me, and and it just so happens that when I do stuff for me, it trickles uh, to benefit uh, the people around me, and and I and I form relationships of uh, mutual aid, cooperation, and reciprocation, mm-hmm. uh, because that's how humans get things. They're, human beings are social animals, and if you want your piece of the pie. Uh, you may need other people to get that piece of the pie and you're going to have to give them your piece of the pie too, or, or, or their share of, of the pie. Right. Um, unless you have so much power that you could just take everybody's pie and shit on them, which, which is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Which is what you're saying, which is what you're saying you're sick of. And I'm saying whether you're sick of, sick of it or not, it's always going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's never going to end. So just deal with it in a way to where you either remove yourself from it and do your own thing with, with your, your group, um uh that that's pretty much what's realistic to me yeah Um, and that's it we're all gonna die so fuck it you know like just stop worrying so much and being so serious and just fucking do what you want to do exactly i I think that you know just listening to you and and, and interacting with you it's made me look at a few things differently i think that your point of view is, is spot on like i haven't heard somebody speak the truth like that in a very long time i think that Sometimes I get wrapped up in what's going on in everybody else's world instead of focusing more on achieving for myself. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right with that. I'd like to spend like more time, like, you know, sit down and talk to you about this stuff because th- I think you're onto something and, and it's something I haven't heard. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the whole activist, hacktivist environment and, you know, trying to trying to make waves and trying to get what we wanted through that um like you said it's never going to end like you, you I'm can't not, i i i don't i make a lot of waves but i don't try to make waves i make right. waves because of who i am because i don't apologize for how i think 
Mm-hmm. I say shit that people. Um, it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just a real person, man. Like I'm not running around being like, "What can I say tomorrow to make fucking waves?" I just I'm just here, and I say it, and it is what it is, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and if people don't like it, they don't have to listen. Kick rocks. Goodbye. Yeah. Like you don't have to listen to me. You don't have to like me. I don't care. Get in line with the rest of the people who are waiting for me to give a fuck because I won't ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I don't I don't care. Uh, and that's the approach I take to things. And I think a lot of, but, but, but there's, there's a, there's a, a price to pay for that, man. Right. Right. Living the way that I live is that there's going to be a lot of people who are uncomfortable with a very straightforward individual who, who communicates on a very realistic level and, and doesn't say things to try to make you like them. They say things that are real. Right. right. But, and, and, and it's the price to pay is that you're going to get rejected by a lot of people. Because people don't want to hear what they should hear. They want to hear what makes them feel good inside, right? What they're used to hearing. Yeah, what they're used to hearing, right? That you're perfect or whatever and shit and that. I don't look in the mirror and say I'm perfect every day. I look in the mirror and say, shit, man. There's so many things you could do to make yourself a better person. Why are you doing this? Why are you drinking too much coffee? You know, it's not good for you. Like I criticize myself to an insane level. Mm. You know, I don't walk around thinking I'm some kind of fucking God or some shit. Right. Uh, and, and, and people need to hear that. Like, I, and, and I'm surrounded by people, my closest friends who will look me in the face and say, Zach, you know what this shit you're doing, man, it's, it's robbing you of your efficiency. Like you need to stop this shit. Like I have friends that are willing to tell me the hard truths to my face. And mm-hmm. those are the people they should keep around you. Right. right? Uh, not individuals that make you feel good all the time, uh, because, uh, success and growth isn't comfortable. It requires you to look in the mirror and beat yourself up a little bit. Yeah. Right. I think everybody needs What would you say? I think everybody needs that. No, they, 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 they do. They do. And if, if there's, if there's one thing that people need to understand is that I'm not a nice guy, right? If I'm being nice, it's because I'm being nice to you, but I wouldn't consider myself a nice guy uh, because I'm not running around saying and doing things with the thought, how can I make this person feel good? I say and do things as they are. And if people don't want to hear them, well, they're at a loss Uh, because the things I have to say to people are things that if they're held onto and grabbed onto, uh, they could bring themselves to a level of efficiency that they would not think before was possible. And that's essentially what I've done to myself. I've thrown myself down the deepest, darkest hole, the endless pit of nothingness. And Mm -hmm. from that, I realized that nothing matters and the world is what I make it and it's up to me and nobody else. And that's where all my energy comes from. Yeah, and plus, plus, of course, I'm really pissed off like you about how things are unfair, but I got over that a long time ago, man. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at now, you know? Yeah. I think, I think once people stop battling themselves as well um, and go by, you know, what is going to make me a better person? What's going to make me more efficient? I think the world becomes a lot clearer. Um, I think another problem too, like in our industry alone, is if you don't tote the same line as the rest of the industry, they look at you as an outsider. Um, and even with, even with my podcast, like there's people who hate my podcast and what I had to say, and there's people who like it. But what I learned very early on, you know, when I, when I really cared about what they thought, um, I learned that it's not about them. It's about me enjoying what I'm doing. And I don't give a fuck what they think about what I have to say. If they you find been mediocre, you could have been ordinary. <laughs> right. And then, and then internally you'd be suffering because you weren't exemplifying your true self to the world. Right. And, and, and the price to pay for that is criticism. Yep. If you're going to make waves, you're going to get criticized, man. It's just part of it. Right. If you want to be great, you're going to get criticized. You're, there's going to be people that are going to think you're crazy. I'm sure there's people that think I'm fucking crazy. And when they ask me if I am, I look at them and I say, yeah, I am. Don't fuck with me. Leave me alone. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Whatever. Let them think what they want. Because at the end of the day, the way I approach life and my philosophy is working for me. And it's right. getting me everything I fucking want. And what is their way that they're preaching to me getting for them? Fucking nothing. Yeah, Except exactly. a bunch of pain and suffering and complaints and bullshit that they deal with every day because they refuse to make the fucking change. Yep. Okay. Uh, and, and, and that's what it is. 
it's I don't give a shit about whether you're depressed or not. I don't care about your mental state. I don't care about your breakup or whatever the fuck it is or the fact that you were born without the tools or without this and that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's still up to you, man. Like that's it. It's it. It's it's do or die. That's the situation we live in. Mm-hmm. I'm not su- I'm not supporting that. I'm just saying that's what it is. Right. It's, it's I didn't true. make it. I didn't make it that way. No. And no. that's what you got to deal with. And if you don't see it as that way, and you don't see that you're in a society where you're competing with a million people for the same fucking resources, then you're gonna lose. You're gonna get swallowed up, and you're gonna stab in the back, and you're gonna get your 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 throat slit by other people who are competing around you. Right. right. So you you have to you have to just become internally and externally hard as fuck and skilled as hell and and bring yourself to that root. Just forget about what everybody else is doing, right? So and, and living off grid means that you can take care of yourself and if you lose your job or whatever or 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 you know, you're still good. Yeah. Right? And I found that through hustling and contracting and by doing other things in cybersecurity, I can make more money than a year than most people at the tip of their career in cybersecurity. And not right? have to spend half of it too. Huh? And not have to spend half of it too. Yes, exactly. And not have to spend half of it too. Yeah. And not have to be a slave to some corporation 24 hours a day to make $200,000 a year. You can easily make $200,000 a year by flipping some crack houses, right? right. If you learn, if you learn how to do drywall, do electric, do plumbing and all the shit you need to do. But people don't want to learn that, right? So yeah. it's well, all up to you, man. Most people want to be spoon-fed everything too. And they, they, they do. Yeah. They do. And 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 I don't spoon-fed feed people shit. I throw it at them. And I say, "Here, catch. Oh, the ball's too heavy. I guess you should get more stronger and skilled." Oh, man. What a shame. I told you. Oh, no. Please stop. Oh, oh. Okay, well, I guess you don't got what it takes then. I mean, a lot of people come to my company like, what kind of positions do you have in your company? When can I start? I go, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. You have to prove that you're worthy of fucking working here. If you don't have the skills, then you can't roll with us, right? right? Because if, if, if people are getting dropped into contracts and shit, and that's another thing about cybersecurity, is that there is no entry-level cybersecurity. Right. These companies are relying on you to protect millions of dollars, billions of dollars in assets. You think that they're going to send an entry level dude that doesn't know shit in there? Are you you kidding me? Another thing that people don't realize is why would it make sense for any company to spend $20,000 on training you before you could earn them a fucking dollar? They don't have time for that shit. This is how it works. Why are recruiters ghosting you? Recruiters are ghosting you is because you don't have skills worth a shit. That's why they're ghosting you because recruiters are headhunters, aka headhunters who make money off your head. If your head isn't worth shit, they're going to ghost you because they're going to people that are worth more money than you are, right? right? They're buying and selling people. That's what they do. That's what recruiters do. Oh, the recruiter hurt my feelings. They shouldn't do that. Shut up. The recruiter is trying to make money. Are you serious? Are you delusional? These businesses are trying to make money and you want them to waste all their money on training you? You know, that's great. Maybe it should be that way. Maybe that would be. It doesn't matter what you think it should be. It's what it is and approaching it as it fucking is. And that's a fucking problem that people have. Like, it just like, like people, I feel like they just need a shit smacked out of them. Like, wake up, dude. Get out of the delusion. Like, doesn't matter what you think it should be. Here's what it is. Fucking deal with it or get fucked. That's your choice. And that's it. People. People are, when people listen to this, I hope they wake the fuck up because if they don't, then they're going to find themselves down the line, 80 years old, wondering where the fuck did my life go? Uh, yeah. Right. That's not going to be me. That ain't going to be me. That's for fucking sure. I'm pretty sure about that. And, and no, it's not just from the things you said, like I, I looked at things that I thought were important and the, the way I looked at, at, at business and life in general just listening to you talk, I'm like, hmm, that makes a lot of fucking sense. Like, you know, maybe I should change the way I do things. And I yeah. hope that I hope that's what this does. I hope when this gets published that people listen to it and go, you know, maybe I ought to see things from that point of view, you know, not be so fucking closed-minded. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. It's not even about being closed-minded. It's just about being realistic. It's like, okay, cool. I don't like capitalism. A lot of people don't like capitalism. But, but guess what? Doesn't, doesn't fucking matter because you're in it. And unless you do it, you get fucked. 
Yep. Have fun working at McDonald's the rest of your life. Don't <laughs> exactly. want to learn how to create wealth. Don't want to learn how capitalism works. Have fun getting fucked and being poor forever. It yep. just is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't look at things and be like, oh, that's bad. I don't want to engage in it. Let's suffer and be poor the rest of my fucking life because I didn't want to learn how to trade stocks right. or learn how to do real estate because real estate is unethical. It's like, yeah, great. Wonderful. Yeah. Right. I don't want to live in a fucking trailer the rest of my life. That was my attitude. You know, when I, when that was my life, like right. whatever, like, what do you want me to do? Refrain from participating in society that I have to. And these exactly. are the conditions. These are the conditions that you're in. Stop with the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the self-righteous. The world owes me something. Right. Yeah. The world owes me something idea. Yeah. The, yeah. The world doesn't, the world doesn't owe you shit. Nobody owes you fucking anything. Nope. Um, that's not me saying that you should be, you shouldn't be kind to people who need your help. Right. I'm all for that. I'm just saying that in reality, like nobody needs to help you and the world isn't going to somehow come and save you. You're, you're responsible for you. Yeah. Okay. That's what self-sufficiency, autonomy, freedom is responsibility for oneself. Right. And, and being responsible for oneself is a huge responsibility, especially when you grow up thinking that, that you live in a society that is responsible and, and caretaking of its members. Sure. It's, it it's going to do yeah. the right thing for everybody. Everybody thinks that like the world yeah. owes them something. They're going to take care of you. There's government no, assistance that, that will make sure that yeah. you have what you need. They don't give a shit. Like you've no. got to be responsible for yourself. And yeah. my grandfather told me one time and, and it really made an impact on me is we were at my great grandma's funeral and he said, death is a part of life. And he yeah. said, you come in this world alone and you go out of this world alone. Yeah, I never heard of anybody going – I never heard of a two-person coffin. Right, I mean, if, right. you're, if there is one, you're still going out dead anyway without them. Like, right. you know, so I don't think – I think that people are unru unwilling to, to think about this shit. Right. Like, you are going to fucking die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Hello, you're going to fucking die. And I've seen a lot of people die. Mm -hmm. My parents are dead. Most of the people in my family are fucking dead. Uh, and, and the only thing I've seen on their faces is, is the face of regret for all the shit that they didn't fucking do. Right. Because they spent their whole lives being slaves to other fucking people and their wants and their needs and what, and what other people in society think they should fucking do. Right. And they never lived out their lives as their true self and did what they want. Right? Um, and that's it, dude. You know, that's all there is to say. Yeah. Uh, hate to burst people's bubble but i don't give a shit maybe you need your bubble burst right exactly uh, and 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 i would i would encourage people not to like how should i say like group me into some kind of political something or whatever the fuck it is right. because i see that as a social construct too right. the only thing that's real to me is me my individual self this reality and survival yeah and and when when i and i'm trying to achieve a level above survival mm -hmm. so I can live the experience. I don't want to just survive. I want to experience, mm -hmm. right? That's, yeah. that's why, that's why I want to do all this shit. I but, want to escape the, the madness. I, I, I totally get it, man. And I, I have to tell you, you know, thank you for, for sharing your philosophy on life. Yeah. Sure. I think if, if anybody looks at it and really pays attention and does some like self-checking, I think that they'll find the same thing that I'm finding. So I can do things differently. And I think that how I thought I was so individual and how I thought I was so self-sufficient really was not the case. And I, I think looking at it from your point of view and some of the things I've taken from, from the conversation, I think there's a lot of work that I could do. And I, I hope everybody looks at it that way. I hope everybody yeah. gets the idea that, you know, hey, this is real. This is, this is not sugarcoated bullshit. This is the way things should be. This is the way you should look at life. Um, but yeah, I totally appreciate it, man. And I, I would love to spend time with you. And I hope you're documenting this whole process that you've gone through in your life, because I yeah. think it'd be like super valuable for other people as well. Um, you know, like I know you do it for, for, for your own reasons, but I'm just fascinated just hearing you talk and, and listen to, to the way that your mind works. I, I find it completely fascinating. Um, and it's been an honor. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody really cares, man. Honestly, yeah. like who gives a fuck what I'm doing? 
except me really there's nobody that really gives a fuck about you more than you yeah and that's for everybody out there no one's going to ever care about you more than you do sure once you realize that that's when things really change and and things become dire it's Mm -hmm. do or die you're running out of fucking time every day you're dying do something with your life get up out of bed stop watching netflix Stop looking at Instagram. Stop wasting your time in stupid, petty drama bullshit and put your nose in the dirt and bring yourself where you want to go. And that's it. That's all. That's all. That's all, man. I guess that's my message. People can take it or leave it. And I don't give a shit if they do or not, because it ain't my problem. It's up to them. I know I personally appreciate it. And I'd love to uh, talk sometime soon uh, off the podcast and just kind of like pick your brain for some stuff. But yeah. with that, man, I'm going to wrap up the show. And All right. I really appreciate you being on. And, you know, I hope, I hope things go well with the data center. And you've yep. got my support if you ever need it. So, yep. All right, man. All right. Peace I'll out. Next, I'll see you next time, man. All right.